I'm Kristen Marchand, and this is the Apiango Line, a podcast produced here in the upper Madawaska Valley and dedicated to preserving and promoting our very own unique local heritage and culture. Today, we have another personal memoir and oral history for you, collected this past summer by the station keeper's young roving reporter, Martina Coolis. Her guest today is William J. Goulet, who was born in Eganville in 1940 during the Second World War, but has been a long-time resident of Barry's Bay after moving here in the mid-1960s to pursue his career as a funeral director. And what a career it has been. Bill, as everybody around here knows him, had no easy start of it here in Barry's Bay back in the 1960s, given that lots of people back then went about death as they did pretty much everything else, doing what they had done for centuries, namely waking their loved ones at home. Indeed, it would take Bill Goulette four or five years to convince the locals to use his spanking brand new funeral parlor that he had built just for them. Still, Bill had time on his side and other things on his mind. First off, he was an eligible 20-something bachelor who had no real home to go to. Yet. At first, he took out a room in town and had most of his meals at the Balmoral Hotel. Still, he did manage to bump into a local girl who loved to go dancing on Saturday nights down at Plebin's Lakeside Pavilion. And then there was his five or six jobs, all while waiting for the phone to ring back at the funeral home. He worked at Yakabuski's hardware store. He worked for the local government reading meters. He even drove ambulance for a while and helped build MVDHS, the local high school. All to say, Bill Goulet has this curious story to tell. So here he is in conversation with Martina Coolis. My name is William J. Goulet. Uh, William Joseph Gillette. Uh, I was born in Eganville in 1940. Okay, and you can, now we'll just talk maybe a little bit about your family. You can tell me a bit about your family, who your parents were. About my were. family? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad, uh, my dad uh, was uh, William Gillette. I got my name from him. He had different lines of work. He, uh, we had a, uh, he worked in, uh, in, in the, I'll say the lumbering industry. He was an insurance agent, and uh, we had a tourist resort at Lake Clear. Oh, okay. Uh, and my mother was uh, a McGalligat, the uh, Teresa McGalligat. The uh, kind of the thing with the family, <laughs> my family, there was an awful lot of. I'm kind of the black sheep. Um, my mother uh, had three brothers that are priests, and my dad had two sisters, nuns. And the two of them together in marriage have three daughters that are nuns. Wow. So I have three sisters that are nuns. The oldest one is dead. The other, um, the other two, uh, Sister Ruth is in Pembroke at uh, Marion Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, she still kind of works in, in a way. Uh, and the other sister is uh, Anne. Anne is in, Anne is at Lake Clear. Uh, she has worked in Pembroke. Uh, she's done some uh, almost, well, I guess almost like psychology type of work. She's really up in the, she, oh, okay. she, she went back, you, you wonder at somebody going back, she would take a new university courses when they're in their 60s and 70s, but she did, sort of. Okay, interesting, yeah. So what was it like growing up with having so many aunts and uncles who were either priests or nuns? What was that like? 
Well, it was just, I don't know, it was just sort of that way. And actually, at the time, as you were growing up, you never, in a way, you didn't give it a lot of thought. A lot of uh, Eganville, uh, a thing about Eganville, we're kind of getting off the proper topic here, but a thing about Eganville was, it was two high schools. It was only, there were only two Catholic continuation schools okay. in the province of Ontario. One of them was Eganville. Mm -hmm. And the other, I believe, was a place called Westport, if I'm not mistaken. But you went right from kindergarten to grade 13 in a Catholic in a Catholic school, taught by the Grey Nuns. Oh, okay. Is that where you went to school yeah, then? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so you went throughout to Catholic school. Yeah, right through from oh, kindergarten okay. to grade 13. Okay. How did your How did your sisters end up in that? How do you, How do you figure that happened? That they became nuns. Yeah. Well, my parents were both very. Uh, well, you, you take now. My mother came from a family with three priests in it, so you can see what she'd be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my dad with two two nuns as sisters, so it just all filtered down, kind of like. And know. what happened with you then? Well, I'm the black sheep. <laughs> you, I had I should, I have an older brother. He, he right now uh, he's in the um, I always forget the name of the first name of it. It's the retirement home in Pembroke. I can't think of the name of it right offhand, but he—that's uh, where he is. He—he's ninety, or will be ninety next month. Wow! So, he's done—he's been very successful. He had a—he was the president of an international company, so he did a lot of a lot of traveling. Yeah. So, so are you the youngest then? Or? No, I—I I have the young—the younger sister, the one that I met. She, my younger sister, happened to be my birthday present when I was five years old. She was born on my birthday. Wow. April the 8th is our birthday, so we celebrate our birthdays on April the 8th. But uh, yeah, she's, um, I'm 80, so she's 75. Okay, so you're the second youngest then? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So growing up in Eganville, what kind of things did you like to do? Well, I, uh, our, our school was, uh, uh, our school was pretty well involved. Now, I wouldn't say in all the stuff at that uh, sport. Uh, it was very involved. The school was very involved. The great nuns were very involved in drama, for one thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what the younger nun, Connie, she ended up oh, drama okay. and teaching oh. drama. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so how did you end up coming to Bears Bay? Okay, <clears throat> that's kind of a little story in itself. Perfect. <laughs> I like your story so far. They're very interesting. I, uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I didn't start off with any real uh, noble ideas or anything like that. I was, uh, I, was in, I, I was in grade 13 and I was getting lazy, to be honest, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to get it. So I got wondering to myself, I wonder what, what is a good profession uh, that you might get with grade 12. And I wasn't inclined physically to, you know, for a lot of stuff. And I just happened to think of the funeral director in Eganville, and he had a big family, and I thought, funeral director, I wonder, and just wondered. So I went and I spoke to him one day, and uh, I asked him, and he said, oh, that's interesting. Glad somebody's interested. And he said, uh, grade 12, you got to have your grade 12. Well, I said, I got that. I'm in 13, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Well, he said... You know, he he wasn't trying to get me to quit running. He said, you know, great, there's no education, there's nothing to carry, extra to carry. Maybe you should keep on trying. I said, well, I don't know. But I said, I'd like first, I'd like to see if I, if I'm interested in funeral running. Could uh, do, do you have a problem? Could I watch come uh, soon and watch you embalming a body? I don't think I would have any problem with it, but 
is that a problem with you? And he said, no. He said, the next time I have a call, I'll mm -hmm. let you know, which he did. So I went and uh, I watched him embalm a body and uh, it was no, it was almost to a degree of what I imagined it might be and I, it, I had no, no qualms about it at all. And I said, yeah, well, that's fine with me. It's kind of what I expected. Sort of. mm -hmm. So anyway, I went from there. Yeah, then I, I uh, okay, well, the thing you had to do, you had to, uh, to uh, apprentice. You had to, you had to go to school, but you had to apprentice as well for two years. So I went to Ottawa, to one of the funeral homes in Ottawa, and I got work there. I liked it, but I only, I only stayed at that funeral home for maybe six months, uh, maybe, maybe closer to a year, but I wasn't, the, the manager was, was a very nice guy, but he just wasn't the right man to have as a teacher, if you want to put it that way, he uh, he always everything had to be done by the best, by the best, the fastest, and that kind of thing. So as a result, I wasn't getting any embalming experience and so on. So after the first year, I uh, I went to another funeral home, a very busy funeral home in Ottawa, and asked if I could get on. I told them why. I told them exactly the reason I was. I said I have no, you know, I I was fine at the other place except for that. They're good people and everything, but it just. They weren't, I couldn't, you know, I've got, to, I've got to embalm a body in front of an examiner in a year and I don't feel, okay, okay. So anyway, they hired me. So I went with them for a year and fortunately I, uh, I got my, I got my license and I got my license that, that would have been like in the fall, I guess, of 1959. And uh, I came home, I came home one weekend just for a break. I was off. I had the weekend off. I came home and, uh, oh, my mother said, you're home. How come you're home? Oh, I said, it just happened to the weekend off. And I thought, well, I'll come home. Well, she said, maybe that was meant to be. She said, right now your dad is over at the leader office, which was the paper office in Igamo, talking about your future to a man from Barry's Bay. Man from Barry's Bay. Yes, his name is Paul Yakabuski. He's the reeve of Barry's Bay. Anyway, what had happened, he knew, I went, I went, right away I went over in the office, to the leader office, and uh, he said somebody else was interested in getting a license for Barry B. but he said nobody knows anything about them or this and that and so on. So when I met this, Ambrose Tracy, who was the owner of the leader, was a friend of Yakubuski's and he happened to be a very good friend of mine, his son Ron Tracy was a very close friend and so on. So anyway, Yakubuski said to me, well, he said, by golly, young lad, if you think you want to get start a funeral home in Barry's Bay, you better get at it right away. Okay. I said, I will. I didn't. I had no money at all. No money. So anyway, just as it happened, oh, as he said, this other fellow was coming to Barry's Bay. So just as it happened, O'Reilly, who owned the funeral home in Barry's Bay that I mentioned, he had said to me, you know, if you ever think of coming to Barry's Bay, let me know. Well, when I went and I told him about this thing that Yakubuski had said, that's funny, he said, I, I didn't know that anybody else was thinking about starting a funeral home. But he said, now that you've mentioned it, if, if you want to go ahead, we'll go ahead with what I said. You know. So, yeah. So I had to, my dad lent me some money. And uh, that was the story, sort of. I, uh, I, had, to buy, uh, I had to buy a station wagon. There was, there was uh, with the business that O'Reilly had here, he didn't have a funeral home as such. You probably wouldn't remember. Do you, um, do you know? Do you remember where Norris's grocery was? No, that was before me. Okay, okay. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of it. It doesn't really matter. It was over uh, on that corner in town. I just can't think of what's there right now. But anyway, it, and it wasn't what you would call a funeral home. It was a funeral business, but it was not a funeral home. Like there was, I think there was, had only been one wake in the funeral home. Kind of, it wasn't set up as a funeral home, really. Okay. It was just as a business. Was it more like a business and then like a house on top, or what was it like? Uh, was it like a business on the first floor and a house above, or what was it like? Well, it was a, it was a, yeah, it's a two-story building. It, it is a two-story building, mm -hmm. and he I think maybe he did use it maybe because he 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 when O'Reilly owned it, he still owned the funeral home in Eganville, so he was traveling back and forth. But he probably he may have stayed there overnight sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway. After that, after that weekend, I was up here two weeks after, sort of. I got going wow. right away. That's really fast. Yeah. So do, did you then work for O'Reilly and no. his funeral home? Or what happened no, no. then? Well, I bought everything he had. And I bought him out, like I bought it out. Oh, okay. So then you were working out of that business there. You were working out of his business where he had it then. I mean, I had my own business working out of that place. Yeah. It, it wasn't a funeral home as such. When I say it wasn't a funeral home, meaning home in that we didn't, it wasn't set up, it, it was only a, what it had been, it had been a, uh, it had been somebody's living room, kitchen, and I guess bedrooms over there. So the, and there was stair, uh, stairs upstairs, but those rooms there that had been the uh, bedrooms became the showroom for the caskets. There was maybe eight room for seven or eight caskets in there. And in this part that had been kind of living room, I guess, um, that's where the office was, and yeah, office, and I forget what all we had. Then what had been the kitchen was we was made into an embalming room. Okay. Because there was a sink in it. There was no, there was a sink in it. But now that I think, that the place didn't have water. There was no running water. Oh my gosh. There was a pump outside. Yeah. So would you have to then get the water from outside? Yeah, I had to pump the water to to mix the embalming fluid. <laughs> yeah. And wow. It, yeah, yeah. So you would just use buckets then and mix all the fluid? Eh? So, because you, you just said that the embalming fluid, I guess there's a fluid you have to use, so you would mix it in buckets then, or how would that work? Yeah, you'd, you'd have a, a, a embalming fluid about the size of a Coke bottle, about that size. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 ounces, I guess, and uh, you'd make eight, eight ounces in half a gallon of water or something like that, you know. Oh, okay. Wow, that must have been quite quite tedious because in Ottawa I'm assuming you always had running water yeah yeah you never had that issue yeah, right yeah yeah it was much different much different yeah okay anyway we got by and I only how I'm trying to think how long I was in that situation I was in that situation five years I guess okay and then then it came that uh, again I was able to borrow some money and the bank at that time had there was uh, the government had deals on and stuff I was able to borrow more money than you might normally, and so I I built that funeral home beside me. Now okay. it's a lot bigger now. There's a lot of additions been put on it, but that, I built that. That so that was built in 19. We moved into it. My wife and I, Barbara, uh, we moved in there in uh, January of 1966. So wow. Okay. I started the, the the funeral home started. We went away for a week on our honeymoon and. Uh, there was a fellow worked for us, worked for me uh, part time. He wasn't a funeral director or anything, or a bomber, Jack Billings from the hotel. So he had a call. There was one call while I was 
while I was away, sorry. That, that was the start of the funeral business. Okay. So that was... And they, the thing that happened, too, just an interesting thing. Yeah. A lot of the people weren't used to a funeral home. So this, the, very, the first funeral I had, it would have worked a lot better for Billings if it had been in the funeral home. But it didn't. They wanted the body taken home to their own home, as everybody else did. I had a hard time convincing them. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I forget what I was at. I was at a, um, over across from what's now Valley Mart. Um, it was a house there on the hill on the side. And I was at that place for dinner after. I forget if it was after a funeral or what it was, but when I was at the dinner, there were, there were a lot of the ladies of the parish were serving the dinner, sort of. It was just about over. And uh, one or two of them said to me, Mr. Gallette, don't bother building a big fancy funeral home. We're not going to use it anyway. We're still going to have the body wakes at home. <laughs> it's too late. We already built it. <laughs> wow. So what, what were funerals like then, I guess, kind of before you came? Before you came... Before you came to Barry's Bay, what were funerals like? Like, would they have it at the church and then bring the body to the house? Or oh no, how would no, it work? the way the way they were, and and like it, that wasn't only Barry's Bay. It was that way in most most places until funeral until the people did get a, accustomed to funerals. It was just that they got it took longer here, sort of. So okay. you know, Pembroke and Eagleville, and the, by that time the people were going to the funeral homes. Mm -hmm. But before that, of course, you wouldn't remember any of that. So before that, the um, well, you, the funeral director would bring the the body in the casket. Mm -hmm. You had a, a kind of a, a rack you set the body on. You set the casket on, and you set the casket on that. And there was equipment went with it. There was candles and crucifix and different things around it, and a prayer rail in front of it. And then there was chairs all around and that type of thing. And they would, depending on what. They wanted and how long they wanted it and so on. They uh, it would be maybe one night or two nights. Most times it was two nights. Mm -hmm. So and then the, the funeral was the next morning. You take the body out of there okay. to the church. Okay, but then that changed when the funeral home was built. I guess over time they got used. Uh, over time they got used to the funeral home and using that instead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How long would you say it took until I think people adjusted to to that? Well. It, it it probably took, before the majority of people got used to it, maybe four or five years. Wow. So so was it more Bears Bay and surrounding areas, or was Bears Bay faster at adapting to it than the like surrounding areas, or about the same? Uh, about the same, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, our area kind of went as far west as Whitney and Cumbermere, Willow. That was about Bears Bay, I think. At, at that time, was there a funeral home in Killaloo or yeah, no? Yeah, okay. Zemeck said the funeral home in Killaloo. Okay. So you had mentioned earlier um, about Jack Billings. Yeah. So he worked for you. How did you meet him? You, you what? You and Jack Billings. How did you meet? How did we meet? Yeah. I don't know. I may have gone in for a bottle of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how? Well, I don't know. Really. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I forget now how, but that... Makes sense. Pretty close. <laughs> I well, I was trying to figure out after I got here who might be because I didn't know anybody who might be a good person to get, and uh, I don't know if you knew any any of the Conways, um, the family, I, the people I stayed with, the house was right across from the dairy was Matt Conway and his mother, Matt and his mother. I, he, Matt was fairly well known, and the, he knew some of the people in Eganville that I was kind of involved with, and that and 
so I asked him, you know, I'm I'm single and uh, I just want to, I'm not asking for room and board, but I said, it's just you and your mother in that great big house, is there, you got room for one more? And they went, okay, we'll think about it. So I said, yeah, okay. So I, I stayed at their place. I just roomed at their place. I ate at, I ate at the hotel and at the restaurants and whatever. But, um, so Matt, a good thing about Matt, he, he knew a lot of the different things that were going on in the Bay and who was good to know and that sort of thing. So he may have been the one that had suggested Jack Billings. I, I really forget now who it actually had suggested it, but yeah. So, but yeah, from the very first, from the very first time, it's like it different ones it wouldn't suit because Jack had to help me. It wasn't just a case of going on funerals. He had to help me. He didn't help me embalm or anything, but he did have to help me put the body in the casket and dress the bodies and put them in the casket, that part of it. Mm -hmm. So you had to have somebody that that would do that, you know, some wouldn't, you know, that, that just didn't, but it, it didn't bother him. And, okay. So coming to Bears Bay, what do you think was kind of, was there any big differences between coming from Eakinville to Bears Bay? Um, not, well, there was, there was a, yeah, there, uh, a couple of differences, you wouldn't call them major differences. For the funeral home, one thing about it, maybe that was good in a way, was that I would say that almost at that time, 90% of the business you were doing was Catholic. So that kind of, the Irish and the Polish, so that kind of fitted in because I was Catholic and, you know, it just kind of fitted in you that way. And eventually, you know, we still did non-Catholic, of course, and wanted to get the non-Catholic business too. But, but whereas in Eganville, as a matter of fact, our family lived on this. Eganville is split by the river. The Germans on one side, and we happened to live on the Protestant side on the German side, and the Catholics on the other. The river pretty well divides the town. Germans on this side. I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Literally, a well, just the way divide. it got settled, like, eh? you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. On the, on the Catholic side, there's a one big Catholic church. On the other side, there's three or four non-Catholic, Anglican, Presbyterian, Lutheran, and so on. You know. Oh, okay. It was just the way the town got settled. You know. Yeah, and so being here, I guess it was kind of more familiar, I guess, in some ways. Eh? Being here, I guess it was kind of more familiar. You could associate more with yeah. it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned your wife earlier. How did you two meet? How did I meet her? Yeah. They owned, she worked... She worked in a restaurant. Uh, the restaurant, do you know what, you know, you, it's not a theater, but do you know where I'm talking about the theater? Yes. Well, right across from the theater used to be a restaurant. It's now just a little house, but it used to be a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Kingsway Restaurant, I think was the name of the restaurant. And she worked for, her mother and dad owned the restaurant. And she worked there. And I got to know her because I was eating in restaurants, you know, and I got to know her and so on. And that was That's how you over a period of a few years. So I guess um, you're, you eating in restaurants ended up being quite, work out quite well for you because you met Jack and your wife that way. Well, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're right, I never really thought of that, but that's true. That if, if I had been married and, and at home all the time, I, well, I wouldn't have met you. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess kind of we'll go back to, you built the funeral home in 66, you said? Hmm? You built this funeral home here in 66? Yeah, we moved in, about 65, I guess. We moved in, uh, we were married in uh, January of 66, and we moved in 
we went on our honeymoon up to my sister. Yeah, she would. No, she wasn't a nun then, I guess. I forget if Ruth was a nun then or not. Anyway, she was in Sault Ste. Marie, and we drove up to Sault Ste. Marie and, and back. And, anyway, yeah, it was June, uh, January, rather, of 66. Yeah, late January 66. Oh, okay. So when you built the funeral home, you had mentioned that the theater already existed. Was there anything else in the area that was being built at that time? How, how do you mean that? Like, when you were building the funeral home here, was there anything else that was being built here? Or no? No. No, it was, it was probably the newest build, I guess, at the time. Eh? It was the newest building, probably, at the time. Newest oh, business. well, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you had mentioned earlier that when you were on your honeymoon, that Jack got his first call. Yeah. So, so do you, was, what happened there? Well, probably what would have happened happened would uh, uh, we had before uh, before I would have gone uh, gone away most of the times I got before I would have gone away I would have uh, called Delroy Zemeck and uh, asked him if he just uh, that I was going to be away for a couple of days would he kind of help Jack if anything turned up and he mm -hmm. said sure so he did so it was very good okay so you, did you find out after you came back or did they contact you while you were on your honeymoon no I, I I think it was after I came back. After? I found out, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you said that you bought a station wagon when you when you first started. Yes. Is that what you used as a hearse then? No, no, it wasn't. It, okay. Man, that's just, <laughs> I was kind just of coincidental. It had been used as a hearse. I didn't use it as a hearse because there was a hearse came sort of with oh, this business that O'Reilly had. There was a hearse with it. Oh, okay. It was an old, old hearse. It was old Packard hearse or something, but it was old, old. But I didn't, the only other thing I had at that time was an old car, and, well, I, and you need a station wagon in, in the funeral business. So that's, I, I, the funeral director in Eagleville, there was two funeral directors in Eagleville, mm -hmm. O'Reilly, and the other funeral director was a man by the name of Art McIntyre. And McIntyre had used this station wagon as a hearse. Oh, okay. And then he's, I, he, yeah, he got another station wagon after that. It got older and got another station wagon. So, But there wasn't many miles on it. It hadn't been used for a first. There wasn't many miles on it, so I bought it. Oh, okay. It was just a coincidence, though. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was just a coincidence. Yeah. So, um, what, what, what did you do for fun while living in Bears Bay? What did they do for? For fun, for like leisure activities, other than work. For fun? Yeah. For fun. Well, I would just... I was, it's a good question really, I, I, I wasn't, I never was sports in, uh, inclined, uh, so I, I wasn't into sports. Um, I, I kind of, I guess, tried to get to know people and that, uh, I, uh, well, in the sum, sum, summer, I, uh, I did a little bit of fishing when, you know, when it worked out for me, and, uh, but uh, that kind of was one of the, um, drawbacks of the funeral business was that uh, yeah you had to as much as possible you had to keep yourself available mm -hmm. in case you were need oh and see the other thing we we've, we've never even mentioned this so far the other thing was when I came here the hospital had just opened oh, okay okay and they had no ambulance there was no ambulance in the area so this station wagon I got I used as an ambulance so. Uh, yeah, I operated in the first 
couple of years as Galette Funeral Home and Ambulance. So uh, again, with the ambulance business, again, you had to be sort of on call a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Um, what was the most interesting or what are some stories that you have from calls that you would get? <laughs> well, I, uh, some of them, because I, I, they are personal sort of, and you, you have to be careful talking about them kind of, but so I, uh, one of them that you kind of laugh about after, we got a call for an ambulance. The, the doctor wanted an ambulance down down on the other side of Killaloo, I guess, in Ruby area or something. I just forget exactly where it was, but it was down on the other side of Killaloo, as, as I remember. So Jack, and it was probably Jack that was with me. And uh, when we got there, uh, was a lady upstairs. The doctor was there. I forget who the doctor was. Might have, the lady was upstairs, and she was quite a big woman. And uh, so I and I, I really forget what the problem was. Mm -hmm. But when we looked at her, and when I looked at her, I saw the size of her. I said, Jeepers, there's no way that we can carry her down the stairs on the stretcher. And uh, I kind of looked at Jack and I, I said to the doctor, we kind of got a bind here. I said, there's no way that we can carry her down the stairs on the stretcher because the, the stretcher had four wheels on it. Okay. And so they hung down the wheels. So, you know, you could just pick trying to, two men trying to carry, and it was a narrow staircase trying, mm -hmm. trying to carry, you know. Jack was a lot stronger than I was, but you would need two or three jacks to do it. Like <laughs> so the doctor said, could you slide her down on a mattress? I said, yeah, I guess we could slide her down on a mattress. So that's what we did. We took a, a mattress off one of the other beds, put it right at the head of the stairs, put her on the mattress. And Jack got on the foot end that was going to be coming down first to, to hold back on it. I was on the head end and we slid her down on the mattress. Yeah. Oh. It worked, but it, like, you know, it just, is that what you do in the ambulance? But you slide people down on mattresses. Oh, ambulance. Good timing, I guess, for the story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll make for good audio. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh, slid her down on the. That would have been quite the sight, I think, to watch that happen. Hard not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, so you kind of did the surrounding area then with that service. Mm -hmm. Did you just do the surrounding area with that service? Oh, with the ambulance service? Yeah. yeah. There was no other ambulance service. I guess, uh, yeah, Bancroft, Pembroke, Mentru, so we were sort of the only one. Yeah. Eganville, well, Pembroke service, Eganville sort of. So. Oh, okay. So then would the hospital call you? Is that how it worked? Uh, sometimes the hospital called, uh, depending on, on the situation. Um, or, no, or sometimes it was just somebody at the house would call, you know. Okay, so they would just call you then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Changed a lot, didn't it? <laughs> so, I guess, what kind of calls would you get in general? What What did you get often? Was there a lot of the repeats, I guess, kind of situations? Do you get a lot of, like, repetitive, similar calls? Um, yeah, I guess as the... Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of most of the calls. I would say that most of the calls were not emergency calls. Mm -hmm. Like, as a matter of fact, when I started the business, I thought of it after, but I mean, I, and I may have thought of it at the time, but there was no point in doing it. I I classified. I said it was an ambulance service because if you called it anything else, people wouldn't know what you're talking about. But it was really more um, a moving service type of thing as opposed to an ambulance or, uh, but if you had put that down on a, you know, that you move people, you know, how do you word it? And so yeah, on, so, yeah. You know. 
But I didn't, you know, like I do. I didn't have to put the ambulances today. They have oxygen and you know all kinds of different yeah. equipment, and I I didn't have that kind of equipment at all. That's what I mean. It was just a case of get from A to B, from here to the hospitals, or that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So less serious calls then. Yeah. Yeah. That was one one thing. At um, at the time that the ambulance business, the government then, I I can't tell you what year that was, but it was it was in the mid seventies probably. Uh, certainly in the 70s, when the government set up its own ambulance service. They started, ambul you know, a big ambulance service. And Paul Yakubuski was the member of parliament, and uh, he said, he told me about it, after they started it or something, he said, what do you think of the new ambulance service bill? Well, I said, yeah, I'm glad they started it, Paul. Uh, I said, but just just for the record, I said, they have, from what I understand now, they have seven men, like a, a couple of shifts of men. Okay. They had seven men, three ambulances and seven men or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's good, because at that time they were starting to move more and more, like there was people being going in, in these ambulances, going to the manor and to go from the manor to the hospital and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you needed more, certainly more than we had. So I said, it's a good thing it was needed. But I said, just, just for the record, I said, we ran the ambulance business. As it was, I, we never had anybody die in the ambulance, and to my knowledge, to my knowledge, nobody ever died waiting on the ambulance. Like in other words, mm -hmm. we had that little record that we can be kind of proud of. Just Jack and I, and is that we got to people there. Yeah. Nobody died in the ambulance. If they got in the ambulance, we were going to get them there. Like it. Yeah. So that, that's. I think you can be pretty proud of that. That's. <laughs> I don't think many paramedics could say that nowadays, for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Paul Yakubuski, we had talked about him earlier. So was he living here when you were living here? So did you talk to him a lot? Well, yeah, they lived in Barry's Bay, and I, I knew, as a matter of fact, things couldn't have been better. For me, in, in that way, after I came here, as you said to me, what did you do for fun? And I didn't do, you know, I was 22 or something. I wasn't looking for a lot of fun. I was looking for things I could do to make money because I wasn't, you know. So I said, I went into the store one day, shortly after I got here, and I said, Paul, is there any chance of me working here in the store? And he kind of looked at me with it, you know, what's coming here? I said, you don't have to pay me. What do you mean? What do you want? Well, I said, I got to be, I people have to get to know me. Mm -hmm. And there's no way they're going to get to know me unless they can see me and so on. And I'm in a situation right now where, where you know, I, I, I've got nothing to do kind of thing. If I was here working in the store, at least they'll see me in the store. And I can say hello to Joe or, I, you know, that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll see. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, okay, he said. You can you, you can work. So I worked in the, in the store for, for some months. I forget maybe what it was, but I worked in the store for a while. And... Uh, then, and of course it was all in the understanding that if I got a call I had to leave, I'd, you know, there was no set hours or anything. I'd, I'd just work in the store, and, mm -hmm. you know, when I wanted sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So then I said something else to him about, I don't know, I was working in the store the next year, the next summer or something. No, he said, we got something else lined up. So I ended up um, getting a job in the town hall, working with the clerk in the town hall, who at that time was Adolf Bukowski. And I worked with, with Adolf and he showed me a lot about how the things. I, I got to know a lot of people because I, I had to read the meters, had to read the hydrometers. I'd go to everybody's house and read the hydrometers. So I got to know people that way. They got to know me. 
Jorge Rilo. And uh, so a year after that, I know it was a year, six months, doesn't matter, but at, within a year after that, Bukowski quit to, well, to, he was staying in that type of work, but in a bigger place, but it's a different type. So what do we do? So I knew the, I knew the, the clerk of the, the uh, one of the men on the council on that time, or he may have actually been the Reeve at that time, was Tommy Conway. Matt Conway's brother. And I said, well, I'll apply for the job as clerk, but I did. I applied for it and I got it. Wow. <laughs> so I ended up being the clerk of the town, but again, it was on the understanding that I'd have to be able to get out to, 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 to go, go to the funeral, to things. work on funeral. So I did that for, I don't know, maybe two years. And then after that, a thing that came up was as at that work, I ended up, I forget how it all evolved, but I ended up then on the Redford County School Board. Oh, okay. And I was only on the school board the first couple of months. No, first year, I guess. And they were they started to build the high school, so I was really involved in that as well. Okay. So when you were working as a clerk, um, you worked there for two years or so, you said? Yeah, I, I think it was that long. At that point, did you know a lot of the people already, or do you think you met more people then? Well, I didn't meet I didn't meet a lot of people in the in the clerk's office. I met some because they were coming in to pay their taxes mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I met some, but I probably met more going around read, reading the hydro. Well, maybe not. Maybe as many in the town hall now, but I think it would, yeah. Yeah, so you, everybody kind of knew who you were by well, that yeah, point. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think Do you think it was coming from Eganville, but also because of the business you were in, you had to work harder to get to know people and, I guess, almost gain their trust and get to know them? Did you ever feel like an outsider or anything like that? No, not really. They I they were pretty welcoming. Yeah, pe- people were pretty pretty welcoming. See, one of the things pretty well, I guess never gave it a lot of thought, but just now that we're talking about it, it comes to my mind like one of the things that you weren't bringing up if people didn't know you, they didn't know any of your bad side either. Like, you know, I yeah. don't I don't figure I had a lot of bad side, but I mean, whatever it was, they didn't know, you know, they didn't know me. They had to get to know me, so. Yeah, I guess you see the best in someone, right? Yeah. 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 So, how many hours a week would you work, would you say, when you did the ambulance? How many hours a week, or did it just change every week? Oh, you, I, you couldn't put it on an average. No? No. It just changed every week? Was there more in different seasons, or no? Was it what? Like, in wintertime, was there more than in summer, or no? Not really, because, no. It was just kind of consistent. Yeah. So, how long I was... I, I can't remember, I can't tell you when they, when they started, the, the, when the hospital started their own ambulance, like, when that, when that happened. But it, it, I guess it was in the early 70s. So, uh, yeah, it... Uh, so you said when you were learning, when you were uh, learning kind of how to embalm bodies and stuff, your your first teacher, he was, he didn't really teach, wasn't such a good teacher, you said. Um, did you ever teach someone yourself how to embalm? Like, did you ever teach Jack or anyone? I, uh, no, I never, uh, no, I guess I had, I may have, I may, but I can't really remember if I, anybody watched me embalm a body, but it wasn't to learn. The the man that I said was, uh, how would I, it's just hard to describe him in that way that he, uh, like he wasn't against you as far as teaching. When I say he wasn't a good teacher, in that way he... Almost didn't maybe have the patience for it. Eh? Maybe he just didn't have the patience, the 
Some people just don't have the patience almost to teach someone Well, else. yeah, but I actually, the thing, the thing was, he it wasn't, he wouldn't have been teaching. The man I'm kind of referring to that had hired me mm -hmm. was the top man in the funeral home. And he wouldn't have been doing any embalming anyway. But he, what was it? He, because I was the lowest man on the totem pole, I was getting a lot of scrub jobs that, uh, you know, where, whereas I should have been in the embalming room watching them embalm a body or help mom or something like that. I was upstairs washing windows or that type of thing. Yeah, you doing know? other things. Um, it just, like, the, the thing that kind of bothered me, I, I liked the man, but uh, Mike, his name was Mike Shields. He, um, I liked him, but he, um, like, there was three other men on the staff that, that weren't embalmers. Mm -hmm. They did other jobs. They they set up flowers and drove the cars and did this and that, but but they didn't do any embalming. But he would never call them to clean the window. Get up and clean the window. He wouldn't see them. It would be me to go up and clean the window. Mm -hmm. Damn it! That they're not they're not doing anything else. Like you know, that's, yeah. That's so. As I say, I only stayed a year, and I was I was glad because I was in a position that I I never would have been able to pass my practical examination if I hadn't have made the move. I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you had to embalm a body with with a, in front of an examiner, I never would have been able to do it on what I, what I learned there. Yeah. But I couldn't seem to get that point across. You know? Made a good move then to Yeah, to I, oh, it was a good move, yeah. So your wife, you said that she worked at the restaurant that her parents owned. So is she from here? Was your wife from here? Oh, yeah, she's from Barry's Bay, yeah. What was her name again? Mintha. Mintha? Her, her her first name was Barbara. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara okay. Mitzah, yeah. Barbara. So she grew up here. Oh yeah. So did she ever tell you what it was like growing up here? Did she tell you any stories? Well, that it's you know I guess it wasn't so much different any different than what I was used to kind of you know. Yeah, probably had kind of similar childhoods. Yeah. 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 Did she have any siblings? Did she have any brothers and sisters? Did she? Yeah. Yes, she. Whatever. Uh, one of her sisters is uh, is still here. She's in the Water Tower Lodge, as a matter of fact, Joan Prince. Oh, okay. Um, and then she had uh, two brothers. Um, they're all dead. Um, she's dead. Uh, Barbara's dead. And uh, her two brothers are dead. Ken and uh, Ken lived in Ottawa. And the other brother was Ron. He lived in the uh, uh, North Bay area. Oh, okay. So they all kind of moved away. Oh yeah. But she yeah. stayed here. Yeah, yeah. And now, did she help you with the business, with the funeral business? Oh yeah. Yeah. What did she do? What was her role? Well, she in the first years. Well, of course, then the kids started coming along, so she couldn't help me too much. She was busy <laughs> with them, but she did whatever she could. She, well, she worked in the office part of it. Okay. And meeting the people and stuff like that, and uh, and setting up flowers or. You know that kind of the thing. other yeah. the other kind of components I guess. To yeah. It. So how how many kids did you have? Two you two have boys. Two boys. Yeah. Did you have them after like a little while after you were married or quite a few years? When did you have them? No no um, no. David was born. Um, uh, David was born in the first year. Uh, yeah, he was born in November. We were, we were married in January. He was born in November. Uh, and Paul and. Paul was about two years younger, I guess. Oh, okay. And did she have them at the hospital here? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you, but you started the funeral business, or sorry, not the funeral, the ambulance service after that? Oh, no. Before? 
Oh yeah, the, amb the two things went together. The funeral business and the ambulance went sort of went together oh, okay. all the time. Yeah. Okay, so that was before. Yeah. So at that point, when she had the children, there was no paramedic service. Were you doing it no. then? Did you ever have to bring uh, like pregnant women to the hospital here, or did the doctors go to their house? Yeah. Did I ever have to take pregnant women to the hospital? Yeah, like when they were giving birth, or was it? More yeah, I. Not often, but I, I can't really remember, or I don't remember a close call or anything. <laughs> no, no babies no, in the car no, or anything? Not, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I said no, there was no deaths in, the, in my ambulance, but I, but I don't think there was no. any births either. <laughs> <laughs> so often when you did those calls, um, Jack would go with you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And going back, you had said you worked for the school board. Was that the Catholic or the public school board that you would work for? No, it would be the public. It was, the, the, uh, it was for the high school, yeah, right? Yeah, high school board was Protestant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you helped... Not Catholic. No. There was no Catholic. Did, did you help uh, plan how they would build it, or what was your role? I didn't. I, like, I had to take the minutes of what they were doing and that kind of thing. I was okay. at the meetings, but I didn't have any input into so it. So you were the clerk then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And what, what kind of discussion, I guess, went into building the high school? Was oh. there any big controversies? or? No, no, I don't think so. Um, it was pretty well agreed upon before before the thing was really started, what areas it was going to include, like Killaloo and Brudenell and that sort of thing. Um, so, no, there was no controversy there. And the, the people that were on the first school board were, were uh, all well represented the the areas like uh, Killaloo was well re regarded with, with Pat McCarthy was on it and uh, Keel, uh, Keel, uh, Keel on it. Yeah, that, um, it was a good variety, good representation. Eh? It was a good representation from each area then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was I forget exactly. There's probably ten members on the board. Zita Glavchesky lived right over here. She was on the board. When you worked for the township as a clerk, do you remember any big? Issues or hot topics ever at the meetings? Not, not really. Uh, no, it. Uh, I can't think of any real controversial type of stuff that was at that time. Um, no. No. Do you remember any big events over the years happening when you were in Bears? Any what? Any big events happening in Bears Bay, like the building of the high school? Or well, yeah, things? that was the big thing. The building yeah. of the high school. Um, that meant a lot. When I was in Eganville. There was kind of a little, how would I say it? Uh, we're here in the valley. E Eganville is here. Killaloo is here. And Barry's Bay way out there. Like the, We were the big shots. Here, we were only this far from Pembroke, and we were only this far from Pembroke and Ottawa and so on. We were sort of the big shots. There was just, I don't, that was never really, how would I say, uh, argued or talked about, but I think it was kind of felt that way. And, We'd often get the hockey teams that Barry's Bay was a lot better hockey team than Eganville. A lot of the time they'd beat us and so on. But but what I was what I found then, I said to people, my sister, one of my sisters, because she would still be this one, the younger uh, nun, nun, but very involved in drama and that sort of thing, and and uh, teaching and trying to get people to do things better and that sort of stuff. And she said to me one day, Phil, what what, I I guess. She had, I had made comment or something or some way about the big um, hardware store. What's the right name for it? Uh, oh, ha home hardware? Eh? Home hardware? Home hardware, yeah. 
I get. I had made a comment about the big home hardware store that we had in Burnaby. Something I don't. I forget just what the comment was. But so she said to me, Bill, why would Barry's Bay need a big home hardware store? Who would shop in Barry's Bay at the big home hardware store? Oh my God, Connie! I said like. Barry's Bay is sort of the hub up there, like, you know, people come down from Whitney and uh, Willow and da, 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 da. And what happened, like, in my in my thinking is, is that, like, when I came up here sort of thing, Barry's, Eganville was the top and, you know, the other places were down. Mm -hmm. But after I'd been here for a couple of years, it was the exact reverse of that. Barry's Bay was the top yeah. and, and Eganville was less. And what happened, the reason for that, and I don't know how you might, if you want to, I don't know how you you can, you can think about it, but it's something that I don't know if a lot of people have thought about it. I've thought about it quite a bit. What has happened? What has changed? But what what changed? Why did Barry's Bay get so much bigger than Eganville? See, when I'm talking back to Eganville, back when I was there, we were only 25 miles from Pembroke, from the hospital in Pembroke, or only 25 miles from the, in, uh, the hospital in Renfrew, that sort of thing. But now... The hospital is in Barry's Bay. The manor is in Barry's Bay. And all the people, you know, come in and move. people now are moving into this area. And and then one fella corrected me. I forgot who it was. I was just going over this. It might have been Paul or David. I don't know. One of my kids. I don't know who it was. <laughs> you forgot the, that. You forgot the main thing. Oh, what? Well, I'm not thinking. Of, what was the other big thing that brought people into Barry's Bay? The high school. Mm -hmm. The high school is right in Barry's Bay. Whereas... It's not in Eganville. They they built because Eganville and Cobden, mm -hmm. the school was going to be for Eganville and Cobden, and they couldn't agree which it was going to be, so they put it in the middle. So, it, like, you know, here when the high school was built, I was on the board, as I said, or I was the secretary treasurer of the board. Like I thought, I said to different people, "How in the hell are they going? To, we won't have enough. We won't have enough houses to put the teachers in. You know, how are we going?" To, you know, that's what they had to, you know, get a lot of things going that way, you know. Yeah. For the teachers and so on. And, you know. So, yeah, I guess Bears Bay really built up over the years. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, when I came here, it was just, uh, like, the population didn't change. A, you know, it changed. It got bigger. But, I mean, it didn't get way bigger. But the business and, and, and that sort of thing, everything got way bigger. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you went to talk to the Yakabuskis, they could tell you that was a big change, like, you know. Yeah. Well, I think your funeral home probably played a part in that as well, building up the area. Your, your funeral home, it probably had an effect to build up the area as well, well too. yeah. I think so. Definitely would. Yeah. They, uh, I, I, I had thought, that I was trying to think of, uh, I, I, as I say, when we started, I didn't know what we were going to be talking about because I thought from Joanne that it might be more about all the railway stuff. And I don't really know that much about it because, like, when I came here, the railroad was not out, but almost out. Like, you know, there, there was still, there was no passenger trains. There was there was some, some freight trains, but very little freight trains going by. Like, I guess if I really thought about it, I... I may have got some caskets in, in uh, I don't know if I ever did get a casket in on my freight or not, but there was very little freight, freight you know, that at that time, and by 1960, the, the uh, railroad was just about out, like, you know, mm -hmm. and I was trying to think, oh, what, you know. <laughs> what am I going to tell her? Yeah, like, I did, 
Yeah, no, it's just... Was it the way it was? It, it, you know. Yeah, no, we're just kind of looking, I guess, more for what it was like working here and living here when you, when you moved to Bears Bay. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the train. It can be about yeah. anything, any events, any things that, I guess, happened frequently. What are the... Uh, it, it, people might get a kick out of it. I, I don't know if they get many little odd things in there, but it, what I was thinking, trying to think of what funny thing I could remember about the station, about, you know, one of the funny ones was, I don't know, I don't know who the story was even told about, and I don't know if the story was even true, but it was, uh, it was just a funny thing, and it, it kind of went around like the, there would be any, any, if you went around, at any other 80 years old around town that had been here for a long time, oh yeah, I heard that, that, but, Mm -hmm. And what it was was, I, as I say, I don't know who the person was, or what, but the story was that, that, of course, the hotel was very busy at that time, and, and uh, somebody came in, some old fella came in, and he got off the train. And when he got off the train, some other fellow looked at him and said, George, you've got your cap on backwards. You've got your hat on backwards. And he looked back at the fellow and he said, <laughs> You don't know which way I'm going. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a good story. <laughs> I always, anytime, yeah, you don't know which way I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very fair point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's a funny one. So uh, they t told that story a lot. Then. Oh yeah, I, I like I, you know, it's one that gets thrown around quite a bit. Yeah, it got circulated pretty yeah. frequently. And you said you used to go to the hotel here. Yeah. Do you remember any anything about that? What was it like? Well, the uh, uh, well uh, the hotel like it it just it like as like as as the same thing that was happening with the train. The hotel business was starting to go down. When I said the hotel business, I don't mean the beverage room business. I mean the the uh, rooming business. Mm -hmm. The rooming business was really starting to to go down, particularly I think because. Up to that, up until the mid fifties, sixties, um, trap. There was a lot of travelers. They, they were men that would go to the various stores and what? Okay, we're this now. We're selling this now. We're selling you know all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But by then, as you as you get into the late sixties and seventies, the travelers then weren't coming on the train. They were in their own car and they had their own stuff with them and and that type of thing. And then, of course, as it went on a little more than that, then they, they get into the internet and that kind of stuff. But uh, but I do remember, the, 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 yeah, a couple of the different fellows that, that the travelers that came on the train, sort of, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But just not not as many as in the cars, I guess. Eh? Not as many as that came in cars then. Oh yeah, the, yeah, more than it was in it was later than as I say in the sixties that they mm -hmm. started. Cars, but. So the ones who came to sell things or say we're selling this, would they go just to the businesses or was it would they go door to door as well? No, uh, they would. The ones I'm referring to would go to the businesses. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't common to have a salesman come to your house. Not really. No. 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 And not an Egan. Yeah, there was some door to door sales, but not that many. Not yeah. for, maybe for a special type of thing or something. You know? Yeah. 
So when you had your kids, what kind of stuff did they like to do growing up? Your children, what did they like to do growing up? Well, the, the two boys took part in, yeah, they took part in, uh, uh, you know, skating and hockey and ball and whatever there was going that way. They took part in that. They were they kind of got into more into television programs and that sort of stuff as that came along. Mm -hmm. And then... Do you remember when you got your TV? No. <laughs> Probably not till much later, I'm assuming. If you didn't have water before, probably was a while till you had a TV in Bears Bay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never um, as much a TV man as a Barb. My wife liked TV. Mm -hmm. So I, I really forget about the first TV. It, it may have been one... And I don't really remember. I don't remember going out and buying a TV at first. I'm trying to think maybe if they had an extra one or something. Yeah. I just can't place it. Yeah. So with, did Jack and his wife then live across from you here? Who, Jack Billings? Yeah. No. They, uh, they, lived, um, they lived right down almost at the end of that street. Oh, okay. Do you yeah. know anybody on that street, or do you know that street at all? I, yeah, I know which street you're talking about. I'm not, I don't know very many people on it, but I know which street you're talking about. Okay, they lived, like, the the door plant. Okay. It's almost right behind them. It is right behind them pretty well. They're way oh, up okay. by the door plant on on uh, this street, English yeah. Street. Yeah. yeah. So, would would you hang, like, the two two couples, would you... Um, have dinner together or do things together, or did, were Jack and you more? Oh friends? no, because Jack, Jack and uh, Bernice, his wife's name was Bernice. Yeah, they were, uh, uh, they were, you know, probably fifteen years older than me. Oh okay. Like I, I kind of remember all their kids like that, like you know. It seemed you worked a lot over your life. It sounds like you were always on call. You were well, fairly busy. Yeah, man. as a matter of fact, yeah, glad you brought that up. Uh, that was one thing, uh, as, as things went on, uh, as, as we got into the, uh, as we both got older, Barb was, and I don't blame her, she, she was starting to get tired of the business of that you have to be sort of on call all the time. You got to be at, ready all the time, you know. And I was kind of getting away from that a little bit, even all along I did that. People know who you are, they'll get you, if, you know, that sort of thing, or mm -hmm. somehow or other, you know. So I wasn't that, but she very much pretty well stayed at home in case the phone rang, like, you know. So at the time that I was uh, having the problem with the leg and going to lose the leg, really, Dr. Sabolsky had said to me, oh, Jesus, too bad, Bill, that, uh, you know, just your age, da, 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 you're young, da, 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 you're going to lose your leg and so on. I, and I forget just if I was 50 or what I was, about 50. And I said, well, Joe, I said, I, I kind of, I'd kind of made up my mind anyway that I was going to, if I could, I was going to try to get out of the funeral business early, uh, as soon as I could, simply because you tie yourself down. And I knew that with Mark, she had really tied herself down. If there's any way we can work this, that we can get out, you know, and still enjoy some of life and so on. So, mm -hmm. as it worked out, it worked out for me. It didn't. For she died of cancer just some years after. Like she didn't have much uh, of a retirement. So yeah. So I guess looking back, is there anything you would do differently when you came to Barry's Bay or in your life? Anything you would change? 
where they do things differently. Yeah. One of the things, um, a lot of people might think that, uh, like, having owned a funeral business and then so selling the funeral business and so on, that you should be in a fairly good financial position. Mm -hmm. And I'm not poor. But on the other hand, I know that I haven't got the finances that other funeral directors would have. Like, they would be mm -hmm. talking millions, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I don't is because the funeral director, the, the uh, not O'Reilly, but the other funeral director in Eganville told me when I was coming up here, he, I told him I was coming here, I was, he said, you're gonna, one thing you're going to have to do, Bill, is watch the pricing of funerals. And Yeah? What? Well, he said, I'm a good friend of Delroy Zemmick's. But he said, Delroy doesn't know how to price funerals. He doesn't, he doesn't charge near enough for funerals for the amount of work he puts into them. He doesn't mm -hmm. charge near enough. So keep that in mind. And I kind of did, but didn't in a way. And I ended up, I realized after a while that I was lower than most of the other funeral homes. Like I was lower than Pembroke or Bancroft or yeah. other funeral homes. Yeah. Probably the same as Delroy, but you know we were considerably lower. And so I, I look at that in one way, well, so I got, I got less to, I own less. But on the other hand, nobody can say I took too much on them like they... You yeah, know. you didn't take advantage or anything I, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's okay. I think you did... I think people appreciate it. Well, I, yeah. I think in most cases it's true. So you're happy you moved to Bears Bay, though, all those years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It became oh, yes. the new Eganville. Better. better. It became the new Eganville, or better, right? Over the years. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I've, I've thought about often, you know, uh, would I want a different, would I, well, you know, what, if I had a million dollars, what would I do? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do a damn thing different than I'm doing right now. I don't think. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with what I'm doing. That's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. So, um, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to share, or any stories that you have? I can't. Over the I can't years? think of any. Uh, well, it like it was different here than that. It probably it may have happened to other funeral directors in other places, but how how it strikes you kind of funny. I, again, it wasn't me that it happened to it, it was Jack. I, uh, and everybody knew Jack, all the men knew Jack, because he worked in the hotel. He was, he was the main man at the hotel, you know, serving the beer. And uh, I don't know where I was, I was away someplace. Anyway, when I came back, he had had a call, and, uh, well, I was back then, the next day or wherever I'd been. And he was kind of laughing, and he said, well, he said, I had a laugh yesterday. I said, what, what happened? Well, he said, when I went to pick this fellow up, he had died at home. He was a bachelor. He was with his brothers, two brothers. They were bachelors. And they, they may have all been drinking, I don't know. What to, but anyway, the, the one fellow, I guess, died fairly suddenly. And I, I forget, normally we wouldn't uh, remove a body, particularly from a house like that, without the... Uh, well, as a matter of fact, the, the police and the and the doctor may have been there already by the time Jack got there. And I don't know who was helping Jack then, because I, I, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, when Jack came in, he would have had my station wagon and the structure and so on. And when he went in, this house was out in the country. And when he goes to the house, here's these lads. And the one fellow comes up to Jack. Jack, Jackie, you're here for the dead man's? Jack says that. Uh, yeah, George, I'm here for the dead man. There's the dead man's lying in the corner. He says, <laughs> Oh, no. 
right yeah. over there. Jack said, he said, just see, said, look about the dead man's Jack. Yeah, Jack, Jack said, yeah, dead man's lying right there in the corner. <laughs> oh my gosh. That must have been quite the trip. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to, uh, it was up near Whitney, and it wasn't Jack. I, I, Jack was busy with something else, so I took another lad with me that... Uh, I told him, I said, does it, does it bother you? We're going for a, a body, like, you know, does it bother you? Well, he said, if I pass out, I pass out. Uh, yeah, okay, if you pass out, you pass out. So, anyway, we got to the house, and uh, this fellow had died at home. So it, it wasn't, uh, there was nothing too much about it, except he was a fairly big lad. So we got him on the structure, and we carried him out. And, uh, the other lad, he, he was more... Uh, more accustomed to a heavy work than I was, but anyway, we got him out and got got him into the car. Got the stretcher in the car. And I, I said, "Holy Jesus!" I said, "How do I, I forget how I said it?" I said, "I could almost fall over right now from that lift." And the other lad said, "I could have fallen all over as soon as I saw the body." He, said, <laughs> he wasn't used to that. Yeah, of yeah. Well, thank God he didn't. Otherwise, no, he'd be wrestling a. Yeah. Body out but that sort of thing happened. Yeah, you know, you you can't sometimes wait and that, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to go kind of right away. When I, got I got one call to um, it's up in the other side of Madawaska, and uh, like it's it. Sometimes it's the police that phone when it's that type of thing, or it could be the the coroner, or the doctor, depending. On, I I forget if it was the police or the coroner, but anyway, they told me where it was and so on. So. I guess probably Jack was with me when we got there. And this cop was really mad. What in hell did you do? Jesus, he said, do you think that's police? All we, all we got to do is stand around. Da, da, da. He's going on. Where the hell were you? Da, da. Oh, wait a minute. I said, do you think this is all I got to do? I said, I was busy with another call. I said, I can't be in two places at the same time. I got here just as fast as I could. But I couldn't get here any faster. So. <laughs> but... Uh, like they didn't understand, I don't think. Yeah, that sort of thing sometimes. You know? Yeah, <laughs> for the most part, working with the cops was it pretty good? Or oh no, ninety-five percent of the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, ninety-five percent. That, that fellow was just having a bad day, I guess. Or <laughs> that five percent, I guess, happened that day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, when there was a call, the coroner and the police both had to come beforehand. Well, it depends. Um, uh, it's in sudden deaths. Um, unless the, like if the doctor, if if, if there is a doctor, if there, maybe there is no doctor, maybe the person just dropped and they don't know who the doctor is, so then the coroner has to, the coroner has to make a decision. Okay. But maybe he's not able to make a decision because he hasn't got enough information. So that's when you need the, the police then to. Okay. So, but, uh, yeah, if there's any, if there's any kind of doubt or, Suspicion or anything you know, like that. You know, how yeah. the person died or something like that. Yeah, the mm -hmm. police are involved. Yeah. So, otherwise, the family physician would be contacted or? The family? Would the family physician be contacted otherwise? If someone happened to die but you knew who the family physician was? Yeah, like, uh, you know, if Mary came home and uh, Joe is dead on the floor, her husband is dead on the floor, she can call Dr. Smith. And Dr. Smith may say, I'll be over right away. And he'll go, somebody has to pronounce him dead, so the doctor will go and, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you had quite quite some interesting calls over the years. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of, uh, probably are others, you know, that are interesting, but they're just not 
coming to me right now. I was trying to think of them when I knew that you'd be. <laughs> no worries. Well, but I just, you know. It's hard to think sometimes on the spot. Yeah, and uh, there probably, that's probably another thing that there were probably uh, more, how would I put it, uh, talkable things happened years ago than would be now because now there's, you've got, you know, you've got, uh, you've got more ambulances and you've got the hospital and so on, right, you know, that, there's less chance of, of uh, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that people, most people would probably get to the hospital before, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Anything happens. And there's not, there aren't probably as many, no, I don't think there's as many drownings and uh, accidental deaths as... As before. Do you think it was, a, a lot of people didn't know how to swim before, right? Is that more why there was drownings and things like that, or what What do you think? Uh, no, I, I, there may be more... There may be more people on the water, and there may be more people taking chances. Um, I I don't recall many um, swimming accidents as as maybe going through the ice like that type of thing, you know. Like when they're ice fishing and things. like Ice that. fishing, or even just going through the you know traveling over the ice. Oh, okay. You know, but uh, yeah, there's not there's not. Uh, Recall many fires either. I'm glad of that. And, uh, mm -hmm. Was was there um, like a fire station in Bears Bay at the time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess right from day one, from the time I came here, they yeah, there, there was a fire chief and yeah, mm -hmm. the fire truck I think was at the town hall. Yeah. Oh okay. When you when you got here, did a lot of people have cars? Pardon? When you when you came to Bears Bay, a lot of people had cars at that point, or had cars. Cars. Yeah. Yeah, most of the people. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, that was that was another thing. Like, well, when you com compare Bears Bay and Eagleville, sort of thing, there may have been less um, unemployment around Bears Bay because of the lumber places, the, like Murray's and McRae's and that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, the, most of the men here were working. Most of the men that wanted to work were working, and most of them would have bad cars. So mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the women did they? A lot of them were they working or not so much? No, no. It what 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 started then for the women? Then they became busy when 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 the high school opened. There was more women involved because they both on staff and cleaning and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. and the hospital and the manor. You know, so mm -hmm. they were those those three probably well, particularly the hospital and the manor probably employed more women than men. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think that's still kind of the same here. That hasn't changed lots. I think at the manor and the hospital, it's still largely yeah. women working there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at the lumber, it's mostly the men. So it hasn't changed too much, I guess. Yeah. When you met your wife, did you did you and her go on dates ever or anything like that? Oh yeah. What what would you do? What kind of things would you do? Our our um, courtship, I guess you'd say. How long was that? About a, about a year, I guess. Yeah, about a year. But there wasn't an awful lot to to do. Um, the theater. Well, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a movie person, anyways. But even if I had been, the theater was closed then. I think. TV. Well, there was the dances uh, 
on the weekend. Where were where were those? Well, there was a dance pretty well every Saturday night at. Uh, um, I'm saying the, the I'm saying the name of the dance hall in Egamo was Sunny Day Lakers. Sunny Day Lakers was. Do you know where that was? No. No, I don't. Sunny think so. Day Lakers was a a big dance hall, a very busy one uh, at Lake Dory. Do you know where that is? Yeah. Okay, it was at Lake Dory, oh. and um, that that was every Saturday night. But we, we didn't go to that one. But there was the one here, uh, Plevins. Okay. But was yes. that down at the water then, that one, or where was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. I think Teresa was mentioning that they used to have one at the water there. Oh, oh yeah, Teresa would, would go. Yeah, she'd be at that dance. I'm trying to think of the, can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah. That might have just been Plevins. So would you dance a lot there? Were you a big dancer? I wasn't a big dancer. Barb was a real good um, uh she loved the polka, okay. which I wasn't good at. Um, I liked jive and, and waltzing, but uh, I couldn't polka with her. She was good at that. She would, um, I don't know if you know, do you know Carmen Pawetsky? Yes, I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. Okay. He, um, Carmen uh, and Teresa, oh yeah, you know Teresa, you mentioned her name. Yeah. Yeah, well, Carmen kind of goes to Teresa. They would go, they were very active in going to... Uh, Polka over in Bryson. Okay. Bryson, Quebec. Oh wow. Yeah, and Barb would often go over there with them. I I didn't go. But that sounds like a fun time. <laughs> yeah, they well they liked the, the uh, polka. And, yeah. Would you? They were good. Barb was good at that. Good polka, and Carmen is too. And. Uh, when you went to those dances, would you go with your friends down? Would you walk, or how how would you get there? Oh no, you drive. You drive? Would you just would you drive with like a carpool almost with other people? Well, it would depend on not often. It, no. Yeah, just usually just your own car. Yeah, yeah. And and how long would those those dances take? Like, would they start at seven and go till when? Yeah, but often you didn't go at seven. You didn't go until. Sometimes close to nine, maybe eight thirty nine. Then went to midnight usually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And did you do anything before the dance or after, or you just went? You left home and came back. No, usually, yeah. If you stayed right to the end of the dance, you, that was usually enough. You went home. Yeah, I think you'd be tired. It was Sunday, sort of. Say. Yeah, probably be tired after so many hours of dancing. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. So those happened, I guess, more in the summer and the fall, right? Not in the winter. Or would they have them in the winter? Yeah, I, as if I recall, right, the first first years I, I was up here, the uh, the dance hall ran year round pretty well. Oh, okay. Because they had it, and uh, like that that the plebeians that was their source of income pretty well. So mm -hmm. they you know if they shut it down, well that was it you know. Then they wouldn't have so it. As as I recall, it, it, I could be wrong, but I I think they ran it pretty well year round. So is there anything else we haven't touched on that you can think of? I can't think of anything else, of course. I was having trouble thinking of anything when you even come in. So. <laughs> I think you gave me lots of content. There's well, you, lots of good uh, stories. You yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I was thinking before you come in, like, I, in a way, I'm a, a hard one, uh, the wrong person to be asking stuff about Barry's Bay, in a way, because I, uh, like, I was, I was 20 years old when I came here, so I, you know, I didn't. The younger part of it I wasn't involved with at all. And, uh, I, I think you were a good person because you have the funeral business here and you also had kind of a different perspective because you didn't grow up here. Yeah, maybe. 
We're, are we good? Yeah. Okay. I think so. That was William J. Goulette in conversation with Martina Coolis talking about life around Barry's Bay back in the day. It's part of a new oral history project undertaken by the station keepers as they delve deeply into our local heritage and culture here in the upper Madawaska Valley. A special thank you to Bill Gallette for taking the time to happily entertain and genuinely inform us today with his vivid memories of what used to be. Stay tuned for more of these interesting conversations that we'll present as Martina regales us with more of the 15 oral histories that she collected this past summer. I'm Kristen Marchand, and along with our producer, Barry Conway, we look forward to seeing you back here again at the Opiongo Line in the coming weeks. Good day, and God bless. Thank you.